Mission, this is Tower 4-9. Go ahead, 4-9. I'm having a problem with my technician. You don't know what you're doing. He found a survivor at the crash site. Gotta listen to me. She's impeding his abilities. And he's unfit for service. I'm sorry to hear that, Vicar. Are you still an effective team? Hello and welcome to Original Remake, the podcast where we discuss an original film and its remake. Well, not always, Mike. Sometimes we don't talk about a remake. Peter, that's the name of the show, Original Remake. Well, yeah, but what I meant was the remake featured on the show is a sequel, a a reboot or unofficial retelling of the same story. So you're saying we're remaking the premise of this podcast? Yes, because just like Hollywood, on Original Remake, we are that unoriginal. Well, we are doing a movie podcast, Peter, so yeah. Alright, welcome to another episode of Original Remake, and I am your host, Peter, uh, and also Michael is here as well. Uh this episode, we're going to discuss uh, the comparisons of uh, not a remake, but movies with a very, very similar uh, theme and, you know, some some subplots here. But the uh, 2009 Moon and also 2013's Oblivion uh, Moon here is directed by Duncan Jones and it stars Sam Rockwell uh, as our lead character. Kevin Spacey voices a computer by the name of Gertie and that's really it <laughs> there's not a whole lot of uh, there's no there's nobody else I mean unless you want me to say Sam Rockwell twice <laughs> spoiler alert um, is, is it though well you know that's the interesting thing about uh, Moon um, because I remember seeing the trailer there was a channel called uh, I think it was like HD Net, owned by Mark Cuban uh, okay. of Dallas Mavericks fame owner or the president from Sharknado. Yeah, sure. I saw I saw a still image. I'm like, what the hell is that? <laughs> I, I I would take him as president. I right now I take a lot of people <laughs> as president. <laughs> um, but he used to to run a uh, a channel. I don't even know if it's that anymore. But uh, it was uh, sort of pioneering HD content. You know, there were not a lot of channels that were broadcasting HD. So. Uh, early on, I was watching a lot of movies and stuff on there, and they had a show that was just a trailer show. And Moon had a really cool trailer that did not really show anything. Uh, and the unfortunate part is I, I didn't watch this film until yesterday for this podcast. And everybody you know, was telling me, oh, it's really good. You'll like it. Uh, but I thought that I knew the twist already, the big spoiler, which uh, you know, I guess at this point... We're going to spoil both these movies, so you know if you've not seen either one, probably won't stop listening. But the big you know twist about Moon is that there's two Sam Rockwells that are clones, and I'm like, oh mm-hmm. great! Well, there's no point in watching that now. Didn't realize that really shows up. I think at the half hour mark, it's not like it's the ending of the film or anything. So yeah, that, there's a lot of time where you're seeing uh, Sam Rockwell versus Sam Rockwell. So I was in heaven watching it, of course, because I'm a huge Sam Rockwell fan. Yes, you know, you. Uh, I've been a guest on your show. We talked about Matchstick Men. Um, 
So that, that's kind of funny that you did pick this pairing without really knowing that. So. Well, I had seen Oblivion, though. I watched that uh, in theaters uh, and, you know, didn't know that there were going to be multiple Tom Cruises in that film. And I, I was making a note today as I was rewatching it that, um, you know, this film is uh, directed by Joseph uh, Kaczynski and... Uh, apparently it's based on a graphic novel that he wanted to do that he couldn't get off the ground. He had previously directed the Tron reboot. Um, Mm, And I remember at the time the film being accused, people didn't say specifically what, but they said that this Oblivion is kind of a remake of like a lot of different sci-fi films. Like he, that even, you know, people who said, you know, it was a pretty decent action movie, uh, were kind of criticizing how many different things it takes from other films. And I think predominantly, it does. It takes a lot from Moon, <laughs> like mm-hmm. as far as it does. Uh, you know, you have Tom Cruise and uh, let's see, Andrea uh, Riceborough. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm not familiar with her playing Victoria. Uh, unlike Moon, where Sam Rockwell is uh, on uh, that mission by himself with Gertie, you have these two human characters. Uh, she plays the communications officer and he's the, basically the maintenance man that goes out and repairs these drones. And they're supposed to be the, the last two on earth. Um, kind of like moon, uh, where they are harvesting energy. In this case, it's, they're using the ocean as opposed to, I think he, there's mm-hmm. some sort of helium thing being used on moon. That's being sent back. Um, one other difference is that, uh, on moon, it's like a three year contract and then he gets to come back to earth, which is fine. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, here it's like, they're the last ones and they're just trying to get every little ounce out of earth before they can move on to uh, a moon on uh near Saturn. Um, and you know, everything supposedly will have a happy ending that film. You know, I, uh, I liked it quite a bit. Um, but it, you know, it hacks like how I thought Moon was before mm-hmm. I watched it. Whereas, you know, by me telling someone that there are multiple Tom Cruises, that happens quite late in the film, and so that is kind of kind of like ruining the movie in a way. Whereas, as I don't, you know, having watched Moon, clearly it doesn't ruin it because that's not like the that's not the ending of the film. Uh, what right. did you What did you think? Because you had seen Moon before Oblivion, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, how I did. did. You, how did you feel when you got to the twist in Oblivion? Well, that that was the thing. I I think that's what kind of maybe taints my opinion of Oblivion. You know, having seen Moon first, and and having seen Moon, I guess watching Oblivion, I was uh, really curious. I was like, yeah, well, why why did you why why did Mike pick this pairing for the two movies? How dare you question me? Well, I I wanted to see like, okay, wh- where are the similarities that we're going to talk about? That is it's really it. I go, well, okay, um, well, I, I guess Tom Cruise has a female mate here and Sam Rockwell's got Gertie. I, I guess that's kind of the same. Not really. <laughs> and then, and then you see, um, uh, you know, those scenes of where he has this place like on, on earth that he goes to that. He, um, just kind of does things on his own. And I'm like, okay, you know, that's okay. That's, that's a lot more similar to, like Sam Rockwell, you know, where Sam Rockwell does things on his own. And, um, but I was like, but, but it's, still different because Sam Rockwell is just on a moon and Tom Cruise is uh, he's like all over earth you know there's a scene where he's on the football field and um, you know and then you know repairing one of the drones there and um, 
I was just really waiting for something, and it, it. I think because it came so late, where he does realize that there are other clones of him. I was just like, oh, okay, well, there it is. That, that's that's the big thing right there. Mm-hmm. A- aside from those two things, you know, where they're kind of like on their own and mm-hmm. and uh, you know, uh, just carrying out missions and and finding out that they are not you know one person it, that's that's really it so 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 i i can see where people say that it's a rip off of moon i mean it is it with some of those things but i saw yeah like you said it's a rip off of like other sci-fi movies as well it's um, like a um uh classic rock cover band if you're a fan of like sci-fi movies oblivion is going to like play like one song out of almost like every sci-fi movie like it's going to give you a little taste of everything I do find it very enjoyable, and even on uh, rewatch, uh, I remembered why I liked it. You know, uh, back you know opening weekend when it it came out. Um, I don't think because uh, you know this is the problem I have with films that try to use these things just as a twist is um, there's there's a lot of interesting stuff that they do in Moon that they really can't in Oblivion because they don't really have the time. By the point, you know, by the point in time where they show you that you know this uh, um, alien race has cloned this uh, astronaut uh, Jack Harper Tom Cruise character to carry out these various missions uh, I kind of I want a little bit more of how they would uh, interact together and really you get to see Tom Cruise fight himself which is also mm-hmm. a moon um, mm-hmm. it's I would say because Oblivion is a higher budget film it's a more interesting fight as far as it's more actiony and Tom Cruise, the characters seem to know quite a bit more combat maneuvers. Um, and in Moon, it's a very clumsy, maybe more realistic fight where one of the characters, which is a, also an interesting detail about Moon, is that these clones have basically like three years before their body starts to break down. And mm. um, because, uh, you know, the the new, I guess, Sam Bell character played by Sam Rockwell like hits him and is like, I didn't even hit you that hard. Why are you bleeding like that? Like, <laughs> so there, I love that. yeah, there, there's some, the, the way the sci-fi is treated in moon is probably more interesting just because it feels like, um, I mean, this is a stretch, but like how real people would react to things. Whereas oblivion is an action movie. It's action sci-fi. Whereas I, I would say moon is like a pure science fiction film only. I mean, you don't want to go to moon for action sequences. No, not at all. I think Moon is very realistic in the way uh, it was written and acted. You know, I think Sam Rockwell does, um, you know, a fantastic job. Just that scene that you talk about, the the fight scenes, like, why are you even bleeding? I mean, yeah, that's that's something real people would say. Like, you know, if I fought somebody and all of a sudden just started bleeding, like, dude, why are you bleeding already? Most Um, people are not looking to, like, have a, you know, Vin Diesel or The Rock uh, fight to the death brawl like you know they're having an argument it gets out of hand and then you see someone bleeding all over you you probably you get freaked out as well you're like oh whoa that's mm-hmm. gone you know i didn't mean for it to, to get this point i basically wanted to hit you so <laughs> you would let me like <laughs> what are they arguing about they're arguing about like uh the models at that point that old sam has been building he wants to like get underneath there like new sam oh, is right. far more paranoid far more you know he's wanting to sort of look all over the ship to see what's being hidden from them, which is also mm-hmm. a, a difference uh, in Oblivion. And one of the, I guess, flaws I think of it is that 
uh, we stick with the one Tom Cruise character so much, whereas Moon is really divided between the two different perspectives of the mm-hmm. old clone and the new. Yeah, and in both movies, you have crashes, you know, where you find um, uh, another survivor, I guess you could mm-hmm. say, uh, except for in Oblivion, the survivor is much prettier. Well, I mean, that's debatable, I guess, you know. It, yeah, um, so you roll. You know how I feel <laughs> about Sam <Rockwell>. okay. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, one of my favorite scenes is actually when um, the, the I guess, newer Sam Rockwell finds the crashed one. Um because that whole scene is just like, well, just the way he plays it, um, talking to himself, you know, and the, the, just just the looks and it's like, you know, this the, from Oblivion, We the only time we really get that is when Tom Cruise finds him, his other self and then they fight and that's really it. So so we, we spend very little time with, with the clones, I guess, or with, with the doppelgangers. Yeah, the, the closest you get to it is... Um his his communications partner and i guess lover uh victoria when he there there's a sequence where they they have a falling out which i think is a little bit it's a little bit much um in oblivion because basically it seems like it's only because he's found this survivor who's another woman and suddenly his girlfriend decides that he should be put to death <laughs> or she because of this i thought i thought that was yeah. very quickly they came that out was, of nowhere yeah well yeah it was like the <laughs> i realized that they're the uh you know for what they consider to be the only two people left on the planet she thought that she had tom cruise on lockdown and yeah it's a bit of a surprise that there's a competitor who he's now claiming is his wife from a previous life it, it's it's it, it's very strange but um yeah, it is a two-hour movie, and there are different leaps that you have to make with the character in Oblivion uh, just to move the plot along. But he then, when he, uh, you know, after that fight sequence we've referenced, um, his wife, this survivor um, that he's found, uh, is injured, and he has to act as his clone to go get medical uh, attention, and he meets the clone, uh, Victoria, his mm-hmm. you know old flame. And that's the only time you get to see him sort of knowingly interact and communicate with the clone other than punching them, which I guess it would have been right. funny if he just walked in and punched her and grabbed the yeah. kid. But that would <laughs> or or more, shot her. <laughs> that would have been more like Nicolas Cage type movie than, you know, a Tom Cruise joint. But, uh, there, yeah, there's a little bit more of that. Now, I did really like um, – I liked – the use of uh, the scavengers, which it's at first, even on rewatch, I thought was kind of dumb because they they make them look like alien kind of life forms. Like they're like the Tusken Raiders from Star Wars. Like they have these mm-hmm. masks on. Um, they don't sound like humans. And at first it feels like a cheat to me when you reveal that it's Morgan Freeman and company. But then they, they have that one line where he's like, the stuff we wear kind of keeps us cloaked. From these, uh, the scouts, the the, the, right. the robots, and the With the voice the changer. So. Yeah, I'm like, okay, that's fair enough. But it still feels like you're just trying to fool the audience into thinking that they were alien life forms when really it's Morgan Freeman. But you know, that that's fine, whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's that's God to some people. Did you feel like uh, Moon had that same thing as far as a cheat? Where uh, Gertie, it's very different from Oblivion, where they're. Uh, I guess they're, you know, they're, they're God, they're, their commander, their computer they're talking to is played by Melissa Leo as Sally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, she, she sticks to the script as far as do what she says or she's going to kill them. 
Uh, Gertie, though, being an actual, I guess, robot programmed by humans, uh, you know, his protocol is to keep Sam safe. And so even when, and there's a funny thing with, I guess, the new Sam where he's like, why are you helping me, basically? And he's like, well, if I don't, you know, it's going to put you in danger, and that goes against my programming. I like that. I like that Gertie wasn't Hal 9000. I mean, Gertie obviously kept things from Sam, but mm-hmm. he wasn't going to put him in danger, even when he was, uh, you know, going against, uh, I guess, their master's wishes back on Earth, this uh, evil corporation. Yeah, I also kind of like the, the touch with the um, Gertie actually having emojis, you know, as his face. You know, and that, that was kind of funny, too. I kind you know of what forgot I like about that in particular, Peter, is that oftentimes I hate in especially sci-fi films uh, <clears throat> where it's like maybe too futuristic, where everything is too smooth. And I like that he, he is just a, I mean, sort of an old-fashioned robot, like a pretty big machine that kind of has to, like, swing around, you know, on this on this ship and yeah, the emojis are like, you know, this is about the best we could do. This is like, we, we can't, ha- you know, we're not going to have him uh, be some sort of like three-dimensional, uh, you know, awful hologram or something that fades in and out. And I really didn't like that about Oblivion, that sort of awkward Melissa Leo, like mm-hmm. like the feed kind of cuts in and out, like robot. I mean, it kind of reminded me of like the ring or something, you know, like seeing this image of a woman on screen. I just assume that if these uh, this alien form uh, can have Melissa Leo, a human figure, this footage react so naturally to any conversation, I just want it to be smooth. I want it to be like Mark Cuban HD net. I don't, I don't want it. <laughs> I don't want this crappy Ring VHS feed they've got going on. You know, another another thing is like I. It's not that I didn't buy Miss Melissa Leo as like a. So one not intelligent, but there's one point when <laughs> Tom Cruise, um, uh, Tech Forty Nine is I- imitating Fifty Two, mm-hmm. and when he was entering the, uh, you know, whatever it is that he's entering, and this is kind of towards the end, when um, she I forgot what question she asked him, and he answers, and she's like, "Oh, the voice thing tells me that you're lying." I go, "I could have told you that. I could have told you that." His tone is like, you know, he was uh. He's not a good liar, you know, and you're not that special, it, Sally, is what you're saying. Yes, pretty much. It's like uh, you you should kind of know by the tone of his voice, like something, some program shouldn't have been able to tell you that. So do you I think that Gertie would have had like the uh, the emoji, like the sort of hand on the chin? The thinking, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. He would have been thinking, uh, perhaps, and then it would change to the emoji of the like the thought bubble, you know. Um. And then maybe an exclamation point saying, like, he got it, you know, or, or a light bulb, I guess. So he communicates better that way, I guess. Um, so a couple of the other twists in this movie, uh, or the moon, anyway, when they do find out, well, um, after that fight, the newer Sam Bell, he does find, like, this uh, secret compartment that leads them to the bottom where there's, you know, a hallway full of clones as well. A bunch of Sams on ice, ready to yeah, yeah. come up. Yeah, so very similar to that of uh, the one in Oblivion as well. You know, Tom Cruise finds that there are more of him and uh, Victoria as well. Uh, a lot more, actually, which which kind of uh, makes me question, what's the point of wiping their their memory every five years? 
Yeah, I, I think, and it, that was a weird, um, because he drops that in this the, this opening narration, right? Like trying to catch up right. the audience to like here's here's the history of things, and I I was actually sort of feeling very complimentary to it because I normally hate those things, but I felt like okay, this you know this guy is basically just telling me here's what my job is, here's here's what I do, and that's fine. But that was the one thing where I'm like, wait, why would you accept that? You wouldn't think that was kind of messed up, like what? Mm-hmm. If you're just a maintenance man. Why would you think they need to wipe your memory? Like what? That that's the one thing I don't. And I feel like, you know, it's it's explained quite a bit better in Moon. First off, they have given him implanted memories of um, presumably the guy they actually cloned because we do get right. we at least hear the voice of Sam Rockwell on Earth when he attempts to contact his wife, who he finds out is deceased, and ends up talking to his daughter, who's now you mm-hmm. know, grown teenager. Um it makes sense that he at least has that family history of that guy. Um, with, you know, Tom Cruise, I understand that they, because he has this relationship with his wife, who we see in a, a sort of a flashback towards the, the end, um, he saved the the rest of the, the crew on that ship and so that they wouldn't be, I guess, abducted by the alien force. And so the ship just floats out there until, um, you know, they, they crash and, you know, cloned uh, Tom Cruise finds him. I I understand you got to you got to sever that because otherwise you can't have this guy like constantly thinking like, well, wait, a minute, I, I was married and what happened there. Um, but I feel like the you know the alien form could have come up with a better cover story, like you know like take that same sequence and say like he he felt that he had to save his wife because they were getting ready to crash into something, for instance. Just change it just a little bit. But yeah, just having the character say like, "Well, I'm a maintenance guy, so they got to wipe my memory every five years." What? What? Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you be a little bit more paranoid? I mean, he's 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 obviously interested in Earth, right? Because you, you mentioned he has this like sort of like cabin hideaway, mm-hmm. and that's going against protocol because they they're treating it. You know, their mission is that the Earth can't be repopulated. It's too dangerous. The, there's too much radiation. Blah blah blah. So he's someone who's willing to step out of bounds. But yeah, that very, that initial opening narration where he talks about, you know, the loss of memories. I I feel like that character would question that a little bit more, maybe not Victoria. Cause she seems that that was the one thing I liked about the flashback is that in the, when she takes that picture of them, like mm-hmm. she knows his wife's back there. So I did feel like, okay, so she, at least even in the previous life had a thing for him, for Jack. And that's like, so this, you yeah. know, so uh, I'm guessing for her, they didn't really have to, you know, that's why she accepts it because this is probably what she always wanted. Like she's with the person she wanted to be with. Still think it's a little rash for her to decide to kill both of them just because of another woman walks back through that door. But, um, at least her, you know, her ability to do her job makes a little bit more sense than Jack's Tom Cruise. I don't know. Did you like Tom Cruise in this role? Not really. You know, he, the first off, the name it's too close to Jack Reacher. I wish it was which, Jack you know, Reacher in the future. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's I, I know it's a source material that may be the name of the character. You know, I don't know, but yeah, for me, I was just like too close to Jack Reacher. But um, Tom Cruise was really, you know, uh, I saw a lot of Tom Cruise from Minority Report. Mm-hmm. Um, the the scene where he see where he acts as a clone and interacts with Victoria's clone. That that was very Jerry Maguire, you know, answering the phone coming from um, was it Bob Friendly? What was his name? Does that sound right? The J J J Moore's character, 
I believe it was Bob. Yeah, I think. Yeah, so, you know when when he picks up the phone and um, he's like, "Hey, is is McGuire there?" Sniff, you know, if if you know for yes, and it's just him on the phone having that realization that uh, the, the, you know they pulled one pulled one on him, you know, behind his back, and it, it was kind of that, you know, the way he was looking, and then he tells Victoria that why don't you come down to the surface with me? And it's the exact same thing, you know, from earlier. And so um, it's Tom Cruise didn't do anything different. I think at this point in his life, that's, that's just how it is with these, you know, some of these actors. Um, I, th- I thought he was fine, but I do wonder if it was somebody else like Jamie Lannister, for example, you know, that was leading this. I wonder if it could have been a little bit more different uh, just because, you know, Tom Cruise is the impossible. Um, what, what is that line called? The impossible. There's, there's, there's something that is coined to actors like him nowadays. Like I think it used to be, maybe Matt Damon still might kind of be that character, but he does do a lot of different movies. But uh, he's never gonna die. He's gonna do all these impossible missions. There's, there's too much deal. confidence in the character, right? Like, yeah. and, the, and the the character has. He has a lot of confidence in the beginning. He's joking around, like you know, he he doesn't tell uh, Victoria, his you know, his partner, uh, when he's in danger. There's a sequence where he loses power in his ship and is plummeting to his death, and she's like, you know, I lost you for a second. Everything okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, it's cool. Like, so he's supposed to be this sort of uh, plucky action star, and I think it would have been more interesting if the film wasn't so actiony. I, it's a good action movie. I like, I, I find it entertaining. But I I don't think they allow Tom Cruise, and maybe it's just you know not the type of movie, not his you know interest. Because you mentioned Jack Reacher, he's doing a lot of action movies now, Mission Impossible's, and um. But you watch something like Sam Rockwell, and you know you because he's not a movie star and doesn't do those type of films. I never really know where the movie's going. Like I don't mm. know which Sam. You know I I don't know if the new Sam clone has you know uh, intentions to harm him you know when when they're concocting that plan i thought i still thought that the new clone was doing something harmful and i was actually surprised that it's old sam that says you know i'm basically gonna like give you this trip like it's pointless for me because i'm you know i'm dying and i I thought the type of movie that it could be was that you know he was going to take advantage of this poor guy because they're Mm -hmm. just the the interesting thing with and clones and moon is you know they're they're do, they're programmed to do the same mission much like oblivion mm-hmm. but they're just they're very different in their personalities like one is far more aggressive and the, the old sam is always telling him like well, you know you just need to calm down why don't you just chill out like you know you, right. you need to, and it's it's because i guess you get to see one who's been you know living that sort of solitary existence for three years and has this sort of i think as he says zen quality about it and mm. the other one is uh, like a newborn i mean it's the first day on the job and he's he's a bit freaked out uh because of the way oblivion plays out you're just to presume that like all of these clones i think in the uh morgan freeman is talking about it uh just popped up on the earth came out of the ship and were used as like an invading force right they were used like to actually like help exterminate the human population. So I guess that's just because the premise, we're not getting to see the clones uh, have different personalities because they were all sort of fully formed at the same time. Whereas in moon, you know, you're, you're seeing this three year cycle come up. Yeah. I just, 
I, I just, you know, keep going back to how Sam Rockwell plays it. You know, there's so many different layers with uh, very little that we, I mean, we only get two different Sam Rockwells, you know, and I, the, the way he plays the duality is, is, um, you know, I mean, you pointed it out just how one is more aggressive. The other one is, you know, I, I guess it's three years coming up because like just, he, he seemed almost like an old man, you know, mm-hmm. when he's like, uh, um, you know, constructing his uh, little little town with the little people, little dollhouse basically with his glasses. Little dollhouse, <laughs> yeah. And he's really, you know, he's got the uh, the mannerisms of like somebody extremely old, you know, trying to look at these little pieces that he's carving. And um, yeah, he just he just plays him so different that you almost believe that it's just like two different actors actually playing the the characters. And Oblivion, it's got like these handful of characters in here, and I don't really care for any of them, really. You know, um, I, well, I think to your point, like Oblivion, because of Tom Cruise, he always has to be doing something, right? He always has to be right. trying to figure out how to save the day, uh, running, jumping, you know, leaping, fighting, and it's very hard to see Tom Cruise playing uh, like old Sam in Moon, where he's just sort of accepted, like, hey, this is this is my gig, this is what I do. Like, you know, why are you tearing up the place? What are you investigating? Um, and that's, I think that's just the difference in having a movie star is the movie star has to like be the ultimate problem solver. I mean, yes, you do have Morgan Freeman who kind of fills in the blanks for him, but ultimately he, it's that hero complex, right? It's like Neo from right. Matrix. You're the one who can save us. Even though this is a world full of clones, you're the one who picked up that book. So you're the one who's better than all the other Tom Cruises and, I get. I just like. I like Moon better because you have two different Sams, and neither one. I mean, both of them are heroic in their own way. Like we see one saying, "Hey, you're. You know, you've put in three years. You need medical help. We need to get you home. We need to get you to Earth. Like you've you've earned this." And then you have the other one saying, "You know, my. You know, I, I'm not going to make it. So I'd rather you use that three years on Earth for something valuable. You know, to help all of us, to help all of these Sam clones. Uh, it's just very different." Very different from Oblivion. And not just because I'm an idiot and you were watching Oblivion for an hour and a half wondering, like, what the hell did Mike put this on original remake for? What is this? <laughs> well, you know, it, maybe maybe it's just because, like, as far as I know, Moon isn't adapted from anything, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, and, and that could be why, you know? And uh, Nathan Parker, who did the screenplay, Duncan Jones, who directed also, um, this was his story. So... You know, maybe they just did a better job at uh, um, just because it it is an original property. At least I believe it is. You know, they have free range to do everything. You know, and usually when things are adapted, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of limited to what they can do. Well, I mean, not not really. Like people go outside the box all the time when they adapt things, you know. Maybe it's the the budget. You know, you're with a smaller budget like Moon. They they can take time to, you know, to focus on this these this character dynamic between these two clones oblivion you know has to have something explode you know mm-hmm. every 10 15 minutes and I, i'm not saying that's bad you know it's marketed oh. as an action movie and it, i think it works as an action movie uh it just doesn't work as well on original remake when we're comparing it to moon because we're we're going to focus on that clone aspect pretty heavily and that is moon's absolute focus whereas oblivion there's a lot of other things they're doing there's a romance there's this resistance uh, you know, there's this plot to overthrow the aliens. Um, the only thing I, 
I, I slightly dislike about Moon uh, is that that last little bit where you you see, I guess, New Sam flying back to Earth, mm-hmm. and you hear uh, like news sources like talking about uh, his testimony and how he's like brought down this corporation or whatever, like their stocks falling, and it's this big controversy. I didn't feel that was necessary because I just mm-hmm. like I, I don't really want to know what he spent his time doing. Like, you know, at that point, like it's just him escaping is a victory for me. And it's, it felt like that was something that was maybe not in there originally that someone was like, yeah, we want to know what happened when he got back to earth. And they're like, fine, record a news broadcast that he saved the day that he ended the program. I could see that. I could see some, uh, you know, like studio executives, like, no, we, we need, we need, uh, like a, uh, stand up and cheer moment at the end of this movie. No, I agree with you. Uh, we didn't need that. Um, it, it didn't. I I could see what you mean. Uh, what it did for you, it, it it didn't bother me as much. But I could have done without as well. And that almost makes it. Well, I don't want to say no different from Oblivion, but it's kind of in the same vein. Like just this happy ending with the bow on top. You know, at the end, I knew Tom Cruise was going to die. The, the the ending did nothing for me. I I didn't. You didn't like fuck you, Sally, because I like that. Oh. You know, you know what the funny thing is? Okay, I, I mentioned to you off mic that uh, I watched both of these on demand mm-hmm. um, uh, via Comcast. That came out. Forget you, Sally. Oh no! And I was like, I was like, I, was, I saw his lips. I go, that, that, that's not right. Okay, so they they changed the words on on my version. That's the one, um, the one thing I liked about it. He didn't have like really a cool line. It's just like a middle school curse, basically. I mean, he's just resorting. That's all you really need because they're they're all about to explode. Him and the alien and Morgan Freeman both. Uh, did you, but did you expect obviously that 52 Tom Cruise was going to get to come in and have the happy ending as well? Like we're not only is Tom Cruise sacrifice himself, but he gets the girl as well <laughs> after he blows himself up. Yeah. No, I mean, I don't know. I, I, the ending, it didn't, I don't want to say it didn't work for me. It just, it didn't do anything for me. You know, I, I would have felt, um, I think I would have liked it better if it was left ambiguous. You know, uh, we we see, uh, what what is her name? The uh, the wife, Julie. Julie is it Julie or Julia? Julia, yeah, Julia. So we see her and the daughter. We get it, and and maybe first off, when when the daughter looks off across the the little pond or whatever and sees something that that creeped me out because I was like, what the hell is that? Because that did look like a grown human being, <laughs> and um. <laughs> I didn't know what it was. It kind of creeped me out. I mean, it was also like, you know, two in the morning. And um, I would have liked it that maybe the daughter looked up, you know, and and we don't see what she's looking at. But she's like, you know, mommy. And then then Julia looks up and then it cuts. Like something like that. Mm -hmm. We didn't need to see the entire crew walking in. At that point, you already know, okay, well, Tom Cruise is going to be the last one. You know, it, it was just too predictable. This movie was really tropey. You know, you know what would have um, been more interesting there? Hmm. Not just one Tom Cruise, but where are the other, like, 50? What, I mean, what are they doing? 13 to show up. <laughs> I mean, you know. Collecting them all on the way. They lost their jobs. They're unemployed now. There are no more drones to repair. Uh, so, you know, I just assume they would, like, start walking, trying to figure out, and they would see a big, you know, crew of them. and be like, you too? Yeah, me too. Who are you looking for? Looking for my wife? So am I. And, like, yeah. <laughs> It could it could have been very cute to have all of them. Like, who's your wife's name? Maybe maybe we know each other. You know, <laughs> maybe it could, we can could double have been date a, sometime. Yeah, yeah. I want to see a fan fiction of that. 
<laughs> um, slash fiction. <laughs> we were drawing comparisons to to those two, but I, I I think with Oblivion they drew too many comparisons to from other movies. At mm. least I don't know. Maybe I I might be reaching, but you know I saw elements from Jet Li's The One. You know, um, what else did I see? I should have wrote them down. Oh, you know, Gravity, obviously. You know, uh, there's just a, a lot of different things. And this movie was extremely long, just a little over two hours. But some parts I felt kind of boring. Like uh, this, that's another thing I love about Moon. An hour and a half. That's it. Just 90 minutes. It's a big rule and, with podcasters. You can get a 90 minute movie. You're probably going to get credit for that. You're going to get a lot of love for it being 90 minutes. Yeah, you know, so this uh, Oblivion probably could have could have been, you know, 15, 20 minutes shorter, you know, I feel. And also, you know you I fix that? Um, you watch it at 1.5 speed. Like I <laughs> oh, yeah, this is true. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't one of the posters or at least maybe like the Blu-ray cover box of Oblivion? Doesn't it also have Morgan Freeman on the front? Yep. Yeah, he's standing behind him. Uh, That's what I thought. Yeah, I don't believe that was... Uh... In the theatrical posters, at least the IMDb poster, it's just Tom Cruise walking around uh, like a bridge that's like lopsided. Yeah, I see uh, that. The, but go- yeah. uh, the Golden Gate Bridge? No. Is it? I don't know. I, I assumed he was in New York. He wears a Yankees cap, right? I don't know where You're right. It, it's um, probably, yeah. Which bothered me. I'm a West Coaster. I, I just watched uh, War of the Worlds, and that was a big element too. Tom Cruise in his Yankee cap, which just uh, is something I have to get over uh, every time I root for the character. But uh, yeah, the Blu-ray I, I owned, I was you know that's how I was watching it, one point five speed on the PlayStation, and uh, yeah, it's got Morgan Freeman right there behind him. Which, to be fair, I do believe in the trailers they reveal that because that was the, the a selling point that Morgan Freeman was in in the film. So kind of kind of a spoiler there if you're wondering like, well, when's he gonna pop up? Because there's you know Tom Cruise and his girl, are the only two left on the planet. Um, but uh yeah i'm actually glad that you know we did this uh podcast because it made me actually watch moon because i thought for sure there was no reason for me to watch it because i already knew the ending knew the twist and uh yeah it, it was much uh better than i anticipated that wasn't that big of a deal it wasn't like an m night Shyamalan type thing where it kind of ruins the whole experience so um yeah and it's you know a, to be fair to living i don't think that knowing that twist really ruins it either because it is such an action movie that even if you know it i mean there's just gonna be a lot of gunplay and fights and explosions and you know it's it's fine it works like that but yeah as far as actually exploring the premise moon is is the one to go for i think yeah i agree uh oblivion was a it was a fun watch i probably wouldn't watch it again i would definitely definitely watch moon again um you know if for the right price on blu-ray i see moon i'm gonna pick it up it it was i i really enjoyed it and sam rockwell did so well uh in this movie um, I, I do wonder, I didn't look it up. Okay. So it won numerous film critic and film festival awards and was nominated for outstanding British film. It doesn't say, let me see if I can find something on his acting alone, because again, I, I just thought he did an amazing job, um, you know, playing the, the two different characters. No, it doesn't look like it. I don't know. He doesn't get their proper respect until what it is, is we have to start that Sam Rockwell podcast, Peter. Where we just focus yeah. on his films. That, that's what needs to be fixed here in our world, uh, along with many other things like the 
presidency it's fixed but we'll oh. start small <laughs> what we can control yeah. uh sam rockwell was nominated for a saturn saturn award for a best actor but did not win didn't even win in the sci-fi awards huh that's he he did win in the sitkis film festival so he won best actor there i don't know what that you means people are but you have good taste <laughs> yeah um you know, this one uh, is a little bit difficult as far as our, our sort of fun little segment at the end where we remake it. Because these are both, uh, especially for this show, very recent films. We usually don't have two that are like, you know, they're both not even 10 years old. So uh, I, I guess moving beyond just the actual story premise, who, who's an actor you would like to see play against themselves? Uh, like just sort of a clone story. It doesn't necessarily have to be set on another planet sci-fi but let's just you know who, who's someone you want to see on screen and just them the entire time just just two versions of that and i think you know what i'm going to answer because i think we always mention her on this podcast oh jessica chastain sure yep, yep, yep. You, know, yeah. you know i'm I'm fine with her but actually i was gonna go you know i mean we have two movies why why not two different actors uh so we go with jessica chastain for one movie okay and the other movie michael shannon I would love to see him fight himself. You know, if I could, this may change my vote to Oblivion. Just because, like, <laughs> only in the sense that maybe I would rather see Oblivion be remade than Moon because you've just convinced me I could have both. I could have Michael Shannon and Jessica Chastain, and they could be two different couples that meet. There you go. And, okay. Uh, a romantic comedy, like a double date with two can we Can we get Michael Shannon from the night before? <laughs> I think we'd have to, right? <laughs> well, actually, one of them can be uh, the night before uh, Michael Shannon, and uh, the other one can be from like, uh, like uh, you know, the the twin brother from Ninety Nine Homes, who's made a lot of money screwing people over, and then his his know nothing brother, who's uh, a you know world renowned uh, pot dealer, and then we have uh, two Jessica Chastains. I don't, I don't know. I'm assuming one of them would be the Zero Dark Thirty character. Probably not the one hanging out with uh, the night before Michael Shannon, right? Uh, but maybe Jessica Chastain from The Help would. I don't know. Okay, because mm. you'd have you'd have maybe, two, yeah. well you'd have two people that uh, you know are a little bit uh, lighter, and then you have two very serious hard asses. Is her character from The Help lighter though? Well, she's she's concerned, right, that she's not doing things right. But basically, like, isn't that the lesson? She just kind of chills out. Like she's she's kind of dingy. Right, she's you know, but she's she's very concerned that she's. she's but she also had the the whole abortion thing, right? Oh, I don't well. know. You're, you're much more up to date on the help. I did see that film, but I uh, I don't know my help mythology. I don't know. Has Jessica Chastain ever played a lighter character then? Because that was the one that came to mind. Because mostly it's usually pretty dramatic roles. I mean, yeah, I see where you're going, but it, it was like uh, I remember her character being like the one that uh, everyone kind of talked about behind her back. You know, and, and I don't agree with that at all. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, and I, I remember something about because I, I remember like there was a scene that she you know was bleeding profusely, and I felt like it was something that she was trying to like self uh, do like a, like a self abortion kind of kind of deal. Yeah, I'm not really seeing. Okay, here here's what I've got. You know, The Martian, obviously, but she's got a serious job to do. That's yeah, Dark Thirty the, mentioned. Uh, Mama Moon, Moon was kind of Martian ish. Uh, Miss Sloan, you know, political thing. The Huntsman, she's, you know, an archer, I think. Uh, Crimson Peak, uh, she definitely needs to take it. a chill pill there. 
Okay. Um, most Violent Year is like a gangster's wife. Oh, right. That that movie. Okay. Interstellar, Lawless. Uh, I think uh, Bootlegger's wife. I like her in Lawless. Um, yeah. Whatever. What we figured out. <clears throat> I'm just looking here. Is that uh, Jessica Chastain? Uh, not really a fan of playing in comedies, really. <laughs> it's all pretty. Yeah, you might be right. The help might be the lightest thing that she's ever done, I guess. And you've just shown that it's really not that light. So I don't know. Uh, but you know what? I'm still going with her. Uh, Jessica Chastain okay and Michael Shannon in a remake of Oblivion. Yeah, make it, make it a little bit shorter and, uh, you know, le- less. Mm, I was going to say less Michael Shannon running around, you know, just. Fixing drones. He doesn't seem I like mean, someone who would run around. No, he it goes just, at his own I, I pace. just Oblivion was just a little boring for me. At least, like you know, in Moon, Sam Rockwell was doing things. You know, if if not even, you know, talking to himself, it was just more of a joy to watch on screen than Tom Cruise was. But maybe it's just Tom Cruise fatigue. There, there is certainly that the man has been around forever, famous forever. Uh, so have we, right? Where, where can you uh, find yourself? Uh, people already know, obviously, if they've listened this far on Twitter and your other podcasts. But you know, just a quick reminder. Yeah, you can find me uh, on followingfilms.com. You know, find Hydrate Level 4 there along with the original remake. Over at Hydrate Level 4, I take a look back at the movies I grew up watching uh, with a grown-up perspective. See if they still hold up or, you know, try to, you know, I, I guess figure out if it's nostalgia or is the movie really that good as I remember. And on Twitter, uh, I'm at HLF Podcast. And where can they find you, Mike? Also, uh, find my other show on followingfilms.com alongside Original Remake and Hydrate Level 4. It's War Machine vs. Warhorse, where a new release inspires a conversation about two older films with a similar theme but different approaches. And I'm on Twitter at War Machine Horse. And we are on Twitter uh, at Original Remake. If you would like to send us suggestions and be like Peter and be like, why did Michael program this? What is Oblivion? What's this doing on here? So we're always open to them. And I think we've said multiple times, if you send us something, we'll probably just do that pairing on the show. So yeah, yeah give us a, give us an original remake. And like this episode, it doesn't necessarily have to be an official remake. It can just be a very similar uh, plot or theme uh, that is explored uh, by two different filmmakers. So we're open to anything, basically. Just about anything. Well, if, if we're us. not if we're not open to it, um, if, you, if you've noticed, me and Peter will uh, bring on a guest uh, if the other one is not open to uh, covering something. And uh, we've looked ahead in the schedule, and uh, Peter's like, I don't really want to do that. And I've said, I don't want to do that. So uh, thank you to our guests for coming in for the episodes that one of the co-hosts don't want to do. Right, Peter? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, you said it, not me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can you turn that off for a second? I want to talk to you. Can you turn that off? Listen. Listen. I wasn't supposed to. I'm trying to tell you something. Donor instructed Gertie to. Listen to me. I wasn't supposed to find. Tough guy. Listen to me. You look like a... What? Radioactive tampon. I wasn't supposed to... You look like a banana with a yeast infection. 